to an audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than a newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby. Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strumsby. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. Before we get started, I just want to apologize for any firework sounds or basic explosions that you might hear in the background. Um, since it's July, the void has in the closet has been feeling especially festive and is really going to town on the fireworks. Wow, good for it. I know. Yeah, I saw one of those big firework for sale tent set up, and I think it just might have okay. consumed the whole thing with its voidness. Just sucked it right in. Now it has all the fireworks in the world. Wow, that's incredible. And sorry to everyone else who isn't going to get fireworks this year. But <laughs> I mean, you can just snooze, you lose, I guess. Just reach out to the void and see if it'll lend you any. <laughs> Let's dive into our headline. Um, world records are fun because there are so many things that there are world records for. If you think about it, there could be a world record for every imaginable thing. Like, literally everything. Like, theoretically, there could be a record for watching hours of Netflix and someone could win that award. I could win that award. But naturally, that means that there are some world records that are a little weird. Or a lot weird. But before we get into that, I want to talk about the head honcho of all world record books, the Guinness Book of World Records. And despite what you think, a person named Guinness did not found it. A brewery actually founded it. And not just a brewery, Guinness Brewery. They make beer. So the manager, Sir Hugh Beaver, because you can be knighted for making beer, went to a hunting party. Conversation was not lively, and they got into an argument about what the fastest game bird in Europe was. No one knew the answer or could find it in a reference book. Life went on. In the year 1954, Sir Beaver had the idea to compile a book of facts and sell it for the specific purpose of settling bar arguments, so like selling it to pubs and stuff like that. Um, And as a beer company, it was a pretty good marketing campaign until it turned into so much more. Sir Beaver hired twins, Norris and Ross McWhorter, to get all the facts and figures put together. It took the pair 13 and a half 90-hour work weeks, 13 and a half 90-hour work weeks, which sounds terrible, to finish the book. And then the world was changed forever. So after that, the Guinness Book of World Records became a household name and provided us with over 60 years of weird and wacky knowledge, much like a beloved podcast about paper news being loud. Anyways, so it started as a way to settle bar arguments, but instead showed the world all the weird and wackiest world records ever set. Sure, we all know about about the tallest humans and the longest fingernails, but what else is there? Here are some of the strangest ones for sure, and some of my favorite. Number one, most face masks applied at once. So on July 28th, 2013, 1,213 people applied a face mask for 10 minutes at the same time in Taipei. When you first said most face masks applied at once, I was hoping it would be on one person's face. That would be amazing. No. (laughs) The number of people were applying it simultaneously. That would be... It also sounds like a Jenna Marbles video. It really does. Like, how many face masks? Like, a hundred layers of face masks. Oh, you think that would just make your skin burn? 
a new world record, perhaps, could be set <laughs> off of this knowledge. Strangest way anyone's ever burned their face off. <laughs> By applying 100. They win, like, two world records. They win one for applying the most face masks at one time. Then they win another one for the strangest way of burning their face off. Okay, number two, hula hooping. In February 2013, 4,483 people um, on the outskirts of Bangkok hula hooped together simultaneously for seven full minutes. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of hula hoops. I wonder if they had to bring their own hula hoops. You would think so. Because what kind who of... Who would provide those hula hoops? Who would provide 4,500 hula hoops? Okay, number three, spoons. There is a man with a name I cannot say who balanced 50 metal spoons on his body at once. If there's any world record in the world I wish I could beat, it would be this one. Because one, at some point in time in this guy's life, he had to be like, I'm going to start putting spoons on myself. And now look at him. That's so interesting. I wonder if he did it himself or if he had someone help like put the spoons like on. Balance? You know? I don't know. That's interesting. It's a fun one. But again, why would you start doing that? Right? That takes a lot of creativity. Creativity I obviously don't have. Because I can't, I never even thought of balancing that many spoons on my body. Never even crossed my mind. <laughs> Weird. Okay, number four. Largest fried rice. So in Costa Rica in February of 2013, 52 chefs prepared the world's largest fried rice, which weighed 3,000 pounds and fed over 7,000 people. Wow. That, like, weighs as much as a car maybe, possibly. I don't know how much cars weigh, but... Probably in that range. I wish I could have been there. That sounds That's my one regret in this life, is that I wasn't there for that. That I didn't get to eat all 3,000 pounds of fried rice. Mm-hmm. Okay, this next one's a personal favorite of mine, so it's the largest sumo suit race. So I'm not sure if this one needs an explanation. In London in 2010, a group of runners broke the record for the most people running at the same time dressed in sumo suits. And then this makes you question, what was the record before? And who held it? Was there a record before? What can't we make a record of? How... How many people were running in sumo suits? So it didn't say that on the website that I was looking at, which is why I vaguely huh. skirted around that. But they had a picture gotcha. of the race. <laughs> I'm sorry I called you out. <laughs> they had a picture of the race posted, and it looked like it was at least 100 people. Like, mm. it was a big long I bet we could break that. Sumo people. Everyone have to get their sumo suits. Yeah. Now I want to break a world record. Right? Because there's just so many random stuff you could do. We could do it, like, especially a group one. Yeah, that'd be so cool. That should be, like, our paper news out loud publicity stunt is breaking a world record. What's the world record for the longest podcast episode? That I don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> there'd be no quality. <laughs> It'd be terrible. Like, there'd be a lot of quantity. The content would be a little par. The content would just be terrible. <laughs> We're not... We're not even achieving the high of quality content right now. <laughs> and we did maybe an hour a month. <laughs> just imagine how long it would take to upload that, though. Like the 36-hour yeah. podcast episode or whatever it is. <laughs> okay, so next. The largest flute of ice wine. 
This one really speaks closely and deeply to my soul because I love wine. In the beautiful country of Canada, over 30 Ontario wineries poured 27 liters of wine into a four foot tall flute. Four feet. That is the height of an average middle school child. Just imagine drinking a middle school child's worth of wine. I would be so happy. I might die, but I would be happy. See, that's another, I guess I don't really, no, I do have the concept of what 27 liters would be because we measure soda in liters yeah. for some reason. But, like, you would think that one could easily be broken too. Right? Not easily. But four foot tall, like, I just need to find a glass blower that'll make me a five foot tall wine flute. Mm-hmm. And then you and could put just... a lot more liters in it. And then you would win. But that's pretty cool. That's a cool collaboration of 30 wineries. So now I'm wondering, is it, did they make, like, all the same wine? Is it all the same flavors? Or did they just mix a bunch of different wines together? Because that could go horribly wrong. Like, they all have to at least be the same type. Like, they can't be mixing. Yeah. Like, I need to know for my own personal well-being. more Ontario. If you're listening to this, please email me the information about the kinds of wines that were poured into the four-foot-tall wine flute. Thank Thank you, you. Ontario. (laughs) Okay, number seven. Biggest wedding party. In Sri Lanka, a happy couple not only got married, but also broke the record for the most bridesmaids um, in 2013. They had 126 bridesmaids, 25 best men, 20 page boys, and 23 flower girls. That is literally almost as many people as are invited to my wedding, just in their bridal party. (laughs) So just imagine how hard it would be to fit everyone in the pictures. So what I'm hearing that you need to do is make everyone that you invited a bridesmaid (laughs) or a groomsman to beat this record. And break the record. Exactly. Yeah. And try to all take a picture together where and find one good one where one person isn't blinking. I don't think you would be able to do it. How do you know that many people that want to be part of your wedding exactly. unless you're famous? And did they all wear the same dresses? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, number eight, loudest bark. In Sydney, Australia, one very good doggo, a golden retriever named Charlie, broke the record for the largest bark, which registered at a... 113.1 decibels, which I have no comparison to. I don't know what that is, but it's a very loud number, or big number. <laughs> it's a very loud number. Okay, number nine, most expensive dessert. What's that? This dessert costs more money than I make in a year? At the Serendipity 2 restaurant in New York, you can order a hefty priced frozen hot chocolate for a mere $25,000. Hopefully there's a real diamond buried somewhere in there to make it worth your while. That's ridiculous. I hate things like that. That's so, oh my god, that's like such a waste of money. Mm-hmm. It's just so stupid. It's like, just do you don't get, to get keep... that. Or like those, Go keep on. what? Keep like the glass. Like does it come in a solid gold glass that you get to keep? <sighs> that's ridiculous. Yeah, like those um, pizzas that have like gold flakes on right. them and things like that. I'm like, what's the point? It's so stupid. You're at, if, if you're going to eat it, Ugh. that's fine. But just know that you'll literally be pooping out $25,000 later. <laughs> like, Yeah, how? I just don't get how you can be that filthy rich that that's like nothing to you and you see no problem spending that on something so frivolous. Like a frozen hot chocolate. Doesn't even sound S- good. Just so dumb. <laughs> now I'm angry. 
at wealth inequality. Okay, last but oh sorry, <laughs> go on, go on. Last but not least, um, largest cigar. We'll end on a happy note. <laughs> so this sure. puppy, <laughs> this puppy stretched um, an impressive two hundred sixty-eight feet and four inches, which is almost the length. The four of the inches is the part that's really important. <laughs> Um, it's almost the length of a football field, just for comparison, and was made in Havana. How long do you think it would take to smoke that whole thing? Let's see. Uh, how much do you think you could smoke in a minute? An inch? Maybe, if you're really huffing and puffing. So let's do the math here. So if you have 272 inches divided by 1 inch per minute be 272 inches. <laughs> Divide that by 60 minutes, you'd have about four and a half hours if you are huffing and puffing one inch per minute. And that's assuming you're not vomiting from smoking that long of a cigar the whole time. <laughs> You'll probably die from smoke inhalation within mm -hmm. the first half hour. You'll have to Worth have some it. buddies to like take team. You'll all and die. And then you'll break the world record for smoking the largest cigar. So even if you die. And maybe you'll break the world record for most people dying while smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> Ending on a happy note. That'll also be a fun one. Okay, so while reading these, I tried to think of world records that I could possibly maybe halfway attempt to break. So I decided that my best bets would be the most time spent complaining, um, the most Netflix episodes watched in one sitting, in one sitting, or the most consecutive days of not washing my face before bed, even though I insist I'm going to be better. What records do you think you would break, Diane? Well, I'd like to think that I'd break the record for the most times that someone has said they were going to give up sugar to only eat a Reese's peanut butter cup within four hours of saying that, or probably the record amount of times to check Facebook while trying to get something done. Basically, constantly. I was thinking about it, too. You know how, like, in Skyrim and, you know, most games, mm -hmm. you have, like, stats and stuff for yeah. things you've done in your life. And, you know, on Harvest Moon, like, once you've shipped a hundred of everything, yeah. whatever, blah, blah, blah. Harvest Goddess shows up, gives you a ring. It'd be really cool if something like that happened in real life, where they kept track of your stats throughout your life. That would be pretty cool. There's some sort of visual implant. <laughs> kind of like how Fitbit tracks your sleeping. Yeah. In your steps. Like really morbidly, it also tracks the number of rabbit, rabbits that you killed. Yeah, <laughs> just like Skyrim. And also the amount of like cheeseburgers you mm -hmm. ate or something, which could be fun. Yeah, I think so. And then when you die, your stats are like look through. Public to record. See, <laughs> public record to see like who um, gets the record. We're just innovating the way they do the Guinness World Record. It's not a big deal. Exactly. They should hire us. I don't know how to make that technology possible or what kind of privacy violations would go to implementing those technologies. But I would like to be at the forefront of the research team. But we, yeah, we threw it out Please. here. Trademark paper news out loud when this technology comes, you know, onto the, the forefront. Scene. When Apple picks it up and then we'll just... We'll just go from there. Exactly. We'll be there. We'll be the face of it. You're welcome, world. Um, we're just going to take a brief glimpse into history. Since, ooh. This, ooh, since it's July, we wanted to look back. 
The United States of America just turned 2,018 years old on July 4th, aka the creation of real time and space. I don't want to say that the Big Bang happened on July 4th, but the Big Bang happened on July 4th. Henceforth, the creation of so many great things that the United States provided the world. McDonald's, Arby's, Burger King, all the important things. Happy birthday, United States. Here's to another year of giving people high cholesterol. If you really think about it, stories are just feelings that are made up of sentences, that are made up of words, that are made up of letters, that are made up of lines that don't mean anything unless someone else teaches you the code. Then suddenly, the squiggly line sparks something in you, and you are laughing or crying or confused or bewildered or throwing an entire collection of those squiggly lines across the room in sadness or anger. We wrote some squiggly lines and we'll deliver them to you using invisible squiggly lines, aka sound waves. Enjoy or don't. That is entirely up to you. A Tahoe in the Desert, presented by Florence and Diane. The sun is hot and beating down on you, as a giant ball of burning gas does in mid-June. You feel beads of sweat running down your back and hope that they don't show through your shirt. That would be embarrassing. Why you're still standing out here is a mystery to everyone but you. If they really want to know why you climbed on top of the black Chevy Tahoe, they should just politely ask. Someone approaches you. Someone whose curiosity is stronger than their fear of the wild boar circling the vehicle, but not by much. There are heavy footsteps on gravel coming up fast behind you. It isn't the boar anymore. His tusks left gouges in your car doors. The hot desert breeze carries the smell of stale cigarettes and a cheap burger to your nose. You shift from one foot to, an, to the other. The metal of the Tahoe is making the soles of your sneakers hot and tacky. Can the sun paired with a black metal car melt shoes? What do Converse and Nike have to say about this? You think they should have better footwear for the individual who wants to stand a silent vigil in the desert somewhere. What are you doing? More cigarettes. More Whopper no cheese. This time brought over by a soft tinny voice that sounds more like it should be coming from a music box instead of a hot summer day. She isn't afraid of the bore. You look at her not daring to sit on the hood of the car after seeing what it's been doing to your shoes, and size her up. She is no longer glancing at the boar, and you doubt she can see it for what it really is, though that makes her all the more impressive. You decide to break the rules, just a little bit. If it works out, you'll gain some favor. If it doesn't, well, it's happened before. You smile and jump off the Tahoe in front of her. She takes a half step back, but holds her position. You allow her to see through the boar's illusion. She looks unimpressed when the boar melts away before her eyes and reveals a chubby tabby cat who is a little scruffy from being in the desert wind. The tabby looks equally unimpressed. Well, he looks the girl up and down before trotting away. He has a family, you know. He can't work all day. I've seen better, she states, scratching at an ankle that's lined with cuts from the thick bed of cacti that's thrown the Tahoe. Pretty elementary stuff. What are you doing out here anyways? Ah, you realize why she approached you. Arrival. This makes the day more interesting. Heck, makes the week more interesting. A week of standing on that car, and the most interesting thing that has happened to you so far was an actual wild boar had come up and tried to seduce the tabby. It provided a few moments of amusement. Would you like to join me? You ask her, extending a hand. 
She considers you, considers the Tahoe, the Tabby, her loyalties, and her place in the universe. Silently taking your hand, you climb onto the Tahoe again together, continuing the silent vigil. Now, more powerful with two. Amen. Today we're practicing for my magic routine, the one where you pull a bunch of scarves out of your sleeves. The trick started going haywire. I started pulling out 1950s ads for men's deodorant, war propaganda from the Roman Empire, and fistful after fistful of loose skittles. Just when I thought I had the trick under control, an entire set of Christmas lights came out and fell to the ground, blinking out in Morse code this letter. Dear Florence and Diane, I'm not much of an achiever. I've never won anything or competed with anyone. Recently, I've just gotten the urge to defeat someone and accomplish something. I thought that getting into the Guinness Book of World Records would be a good place to start. The problem is that I have no idea how to do that or what record I should break. Please help. I'm quickly losing motivation. Sincerely, record-breaking laziness. Personally, I think it's a great idea that you want to aim that high right off the bat. Building up something and working for it all your life is for chumps. Suckers! We reached out to WikiHow to help us help you break a record quickly so you can go back to your days of doing nothing. So the very first and potentially most difficult but also most important step is to figure out exactly what record you want to break. Perhaps you should try something like most eyebrow hairs plucked without crying, tallest human, that's pretty standard, most NBA championship rings stolen from players. The downside to this one is that well, you will have to use a fake name to avoid incriminating yourself, but the glory will still be yours. Largest cookie ever baked. I actually have an idea for the logistics of this one, so please message me so we can collaborate on that. I'd love to have some of that glory. And then message me so I can help eat it. Yes, we will not waste a cookie of that magnitude. Fastest climb to the top of Mount Everest. That's a pretty easy one to break. Mm -hmm. People do it all the time. All these are achievable if you just believe. So the second step is to learn everything there is to know about the history of Guinness World Records. And because as a portion of the submission requirements, you have to take a 100-question quiz and write a four-page essay about how they have impacted your life. So Florence has already talked about some of the surface-level history mm-hmm. that they try to really push to the public. Um, I've been getting close to the dark web. There's like a big, a big fence that you can't quite get in all the way to the dark web, and that's where you're going to have to go to find the rest. But this is the secret history that Guinness doesn't want you to know. So Guinness actually started in the year of our cat and overlord Maggie, negative 1706. They were founded on the basic human principle of gotta go fast. They primarily focused on beating world records of the speed variety, such as fastest 5k run by human, top speed reached on a bicycle, highest velocity projectile vomit, and fastest anyone's ever thrown a garden gnome. Suddenly, people started doing other things that were not just fast, but they began to gather the most of something like most garden gnomes caught falling from the sky and most hot dogs eaten in one sitting. A rival company showed up to claim these records in their own world record tome and called themselves Mostness World Records. 
At first it was alright, even if there was the underlying tension of competition between the two record companies. But then the categories started to blend together. The metaphorical pot boiled over when someone with the name of Donna Maria filled the most pots ever filled in one day and filled each pot faster than anyone has ever filled a pot before. As each company raced to claim this record as their own, the literal pots boiled over when Guinness used firebombs to destroy the scene rather than let Musness have the record. A bitter war had broken out between the two. Several years and many, many, many firebombing atrocities later, see why they wanted to cover this up? Mm-hmm. Musness finally gave in to Guinness and was absorbed by them in one almighty world record supergiant. Ironically, they broke a world record for most world record attempts to be disrupted during their all-out war. These records have been lost to time and fire. The day that Musness agreed to become a part of Guinness is known forever as the Day of Absorption. Musness employees were required to sign a contract that forbid them from ever speaking of Musness again or they would physically be absorbed by the building. The amount of employees that remained loyal to Musness was never recorded, but I'm sure it would have broken a record. After that, no one again dared challenge Guinness, and they still hold the world record for longest standing world record company. Today, most of their dealings are above board, or at least what they tell the public. However, those who have tried to rival them have never been able to try for long. Yeah, have you ever heard of Miller World Record Book? There's a reason for that. There's a reason that they stuck to beer. So, now that you know the history and you are prepared to complete that quiz, partially, remember there's still some deep web digging that you need to do, and submit that essay, you can move on to the next steps. So you need to have the rest of the proper documentation to submit to Guinness. So before you spend all that time succeeding at breaking a record, you need to make sure that it is actually something that Guinness will put in their book. After all, what is the point of accomplishing something if no one is there to see it? That's right, there isn't one. The documentation includes the answers to the tests and four-page essay about how Guinness has impacted you, as I've already stated. In addition to those items, you will need a letter of intent to show that you are serious about pursuing this record. Remember, these letters are magically binding and you will cease to exist if you do not attempt the record after this. Also, you will need to submit a video of you passionately and painstakingly describing the record that you intend to break or set while wearing a party mask and disguising your voice to avoid unconscious bias. That'll get you. Finally, Mm -hmm. tape a feather given to you by a crow to the top of the package as a way for the company to know that that you have good character. Crows are excellent judges of character and will not give you a feather unless they trust you. You must hand deliver this package to them by breaking into their offices in the dead of night and leaving it on their desk. This is the accepted way. Does that mean that that office has a world record for the number of windows broken? It probably does, Florence. Uh-huh. Thank you for bringing that up. I breaking world record, that. records left and right? Breaking windows? That's breaking what they records. specialize in. If they like your idea for record breaking, they will send a representative to show up at your bedroom window anytime from 6 to 58 months after you've submitted your request. Seems pretty average. They will then, yeah, it's pretty typical for how companies seem to follow up, especially on job applications. <laughs> Not better. But don't. They, 
They will then demand that you perform the record for them within the next 24 hours. You will be required to house them, feed them, entertain them, and educate them for the duration of their stay. Be aware that they may stay longer than it takes you to break the record due to factors such as poor travel conditions or that their representatives haven't had a vacation for a while. If they don't like it, if they don't like the record you're trying to set, you will find severed branches of aloe vera plants smeared on your windows for seven consecutive days. I suggest moving to another town and never uttering the word Guinness again if this happens to you. If they do like it though, the day of reckoning could happen any time in those 6 to 58 months, so you best be prepared. So that's why, from the moment you escape off Guinness property until the day of reckoning, you will need to practice, 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 practice a bit, and then practice some more. Practice so much that your practicer is sore. Basically what I'm saying is to work on that record constantly. Never stop thinking about it, never rest. You need to be able to do this in your sleep. Oops, you're too busy practicing. You can't sleep. Unfortunately, that means that you will likely break the record multiple times while you are practicing. Good for you, but that doesn't mean a darn thing. It only means something if someone witnesses it officially. So witnesses do include the representatives that are sent to your door, but it will also be your responsibility to provide two additional witnesses. This is part of an attempt to make their business practices more transparent and trustworthy. There was a brief time in the 80s where only relatives of Guinness employees were getting into the book and they were accomplishing suspicious records like swimming to the moon, for example. Under the pressure of the public, they've agreed to make outside witnesses mandatory. Anyway, these witnesses need to be able to get to you within 24 hours of the represent representative showing up. I suggest finding two people to live with you. In special cases, your pet can be submitted as one witness. To have them considered as a witness, they need to have lived with you for five years, swear fealty to Guinness, and be able to sign an official document. Witnesses must be able to keep their eyes on you for the duration of the record you are trying to break. Any blinking will void their witnessship. Make sure you collect the paper signatures from the representatives, witnesses, and local authorities along with video and audio footage. A heat signature and a spreadsheet of the weather at the time is also helpful to include in your evidence package. The more you pack in there, the more legitimate your claim to the record holding is. So hopefully, you were successful. Representatives from Guinness do not like wasting time. I repeat, they do not like wasting their time. So please, please do not waste their time. I couldn't find a testimony from anyone who did not break the record that they attempted to break. So I'm assuming that everyone who tries succeeds or unsuccessful applicants have been erased from history. After you complete the task, all there is left to do is wait for your certificate to arrive and buy a frame for it. Yay! You did it! You are a world record holder and that is pretty cool. You can go back to your life and never have to accomplish anything ever again because you've accomplished this one thing and that was a pretty darn cool thing. I'm proud of you. I think that was probably the most informative, um, I can't think of the word I want, wiki how that we've ever had. Like I really like that one. I feel like I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Guinness. Yeah, we, now none of us have an excuse not to be a world record holder. Exactly. 
everyone who listens to this podcast will probably be a world record holder in at least five years. I think that's the most I've ever helped someone. And when you break the record listeners, please send us a tweet picture of you breaking the record. Thank you. And good night. Just kidding, there's more. (laughs) Hey, Diane, do you want to bring us into the motivation station? Choo-choo. One of the best ways to show your festive 4th of July spirit is find as many things as you can dye red, white, and blue. Only one every square inch of your holiday picnic is smothered in those three American colors. Then those around you can trust you as a true American and not some international spy. How do you incorporate our countries and multiple other countries' flag colors in your day-to-day life? So, that's the one thing they don't tell you about living in the United States. If it exists, there is a patriotic form of it, if patriotism means printing stars and stripes on it. Every year for the month of July, I am pressured by society into replacing everything I own with its red, white, and blue counterpart. It's impossible to see out of my windows or drive my car. They are striped and starred and spangled and bannered. I can't play Pokemon Emerald, I have to play Sapphire Ruby. By the end of the month, I am practically drowned in confetti and glitter. If it weren't for the secret police watching my every move, I wouldn't own an American flag bikini, which is somehow not disrespectful to the flag. Anyway, I would just wear my preferred pineapple one all the time. How about you, Florence? What is more American than North America? But more specifically, what is more American than the United States? That's right. Jello burn jello snacks. These little treats have been a 4th of July staple ever since someone realized that you could pour jello into a mold and make it look like a jiggly and delicious star. That's why I take red, white, and blue, and yes, even white, jello, and coat all the food I serve at my 4th of July picnic. Grilled burgers, brats, hot dogs, even potato salad all have a thin, jiggly layer that makes them look a little bit more festive and tastes more festive too. Wink. This episode is brought to you by Jello Brangello. Wiggle on. Slurp it. Slurp it. <laughs> Slurp it and wiggle it. The firework that exploded outside of my window transformed into a beautiful dragon made of light. The dragon proceeded to eat everyone and everything until only darkness remained. That's a telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you liked what you heard a lot, please leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Include a brief poem about your favorite United States president. If you're in love with what you heard, make jello in the shape of our faces. Blast it out of a cannon. Dance in the ensuing jello rain. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening. I want to thank everyone committed to making the world a better place for all. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track, Title 5, off of his album found on SoundCloud and Spotify. Thanks, Jake. You can find this music through the link or by searching at this. And per usual, we're looking to showcase community art in our rotating segment named Community Art. You can submit short poems, visual art, jello, jiggler art, to us through email at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com. Or you could just email us to tell us about the giant cookie you're making to break a world record. Whatever. 
Tweet us at realityoutloud. Use the hashtag thinkweirderthoughts and then actually begin to think weirder thoughts. Share with your friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh. The what should our postcards be? Trap version. That was good. Yeah, I'm proud. Thank you. I'm happy with that. The okay, Super Bowl can reach out to me at any minute to ask me to see Star Wars. Oh no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Love you. Bye. Bye.